Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Mistletoe Secret. I am your host, the yellow snow, Trey Plutnicki. I am the... Oh, now I'm bad at it. Oh, no, 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 no. I I am I am the ornament at the top of the Christmas tree, Daniel Kunkel. Yeah, so hard to place it up there. Ah, just so hard to find any branch that could hold it. It's good that I'm tall. We're back at you. We got two movies that we watched today. We watched two great films. Um, first one was called The Wishing Tree. Yep. First one that we watched, The Wishing Tree, and the second one is called Matchmaker Santa. So we got a little 50-50 going on here. We get some grounded stuff and we get some Santa shenanigans. We haven't had any, correct me if I'm wrong, any Santa shenanigans so far no. this year. No, this, this is, is our, our first, first one, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was 2011 was super Santa heavy. So I'm, I'm excited to dive in. First question. Did you watch uh, the grand finale of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I did. <laughs> thought we were going to be done talking about Falcon and Winter Soldier. But yes, I did watch the, the grand finale okay. of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. Lovely. And and what did you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Do you know what I expected that didn't happen with the new suit? Which I love. I love the new suit. What? I expected the wings to be detachable. I expected him to like Yo. fling them. Um, kind of. What was it? Uh, was it X Men Apocalypse? I think where Archangel could like do a he boomerang. Could, yeah, he, no, he could like throw parts of his wings. I was like, I really expected at one point him to like trap Carly by doing that by like throwing the wings and like blocking her on either side or something. I liked his like covering most of himself and then covering the last top part with the shield. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was I just want to. Cool. <laughs> I just want to crawl in the Falcom Dome and and give someone a hug. You know. I, it looks so cozy in there. The, the Falcon. Do you think he's got like snacks in there or something? He can, like, yeah, something. hell he's, yeah. Like, carrot, yeah, Falcon doll. He can hang out. Um, he can chill, man. I wanted to share one thing um, that I, I think could be a replacement segment, which is I've started following um, Zach Bagans on Twitter, who is the uh, <laughs> okay, host. Okay, yes, I know. Yeah, the host of Ghost Adventures. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've been watching Ghost <laughs> Adventures on Hulu now. Um, but he's got some crazy tweets. He It's very sweet. He just, he retweets a lot of fan stuff and stuff like that. And he's clearly like very engaged with the community. And I think it's great. But he tweeted something two days ago. And this is his second most recent tweet. This is two okay. days ago. Got a very serious call for help. Period. We are on the way. Period. Hashtag Ghost Adventures. That's the tweet. That's whole. That's Yo, the whole thing. Zach Bagans, what are you doing? I, that's an exciting Zach. tweet. And then, of course, yeah. what's really fun is that people in the comments will be like, "Zach, I got this video of a ghost. What do you think about it?" And sometimes he'll like actually respond to it and be like, "Very interesting. Super curious about that." <laughs> uh, my okay. My thing about Zach Bagans is like. First off, he talks so weird. Yeah. He his just regular speaking is so weird. And it's hard to explain. It's hard to like he he just really uh he really chews his vowels. I've honestly gotten the sense having like watched some interviews with him outside of like his documentary and the show. I I think he's actually I've gotten a very socially awkward vibe from him and so it really feels uh-huh. like he really uh, cuz he he talks like he's on TV. Which is yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. how you hear everybody talk on TV. It, it gets to me actually it gives me the vibe of like something he's practiced and like worked gotcha. on. Maybe because uh, it's a little bit more uncomfortable. I could be completely wrong. That's just me guessing. But that's kind of what I've gotten the vibe off of interview because he doesn't he hasn't done a lot of like 
out of show interviews. Well, um, yeah, I mean, his I, per, I mean, if I were if I were the ghost man, I would stay pretty private. Yeah, I don't know. You don't know who's watching TV. I mean, everybody's watching TV, <laughs> it, but the ghosts. Uh, Interesting. He, I like he, this counter show where the ghosts watch ghost adventures and are like, oh, that's how they did it. It's like, oh, shit, uh, it's take like, a note ah, down, they, take a note down. They found Johnny. <laughs> oh, God damn it. He was hid so well. They found Johnny. I don't know why he started whispering. Yeah, you never tell them. Never tell them you're there. Yeah. But the wishing tree. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the wishing tree. Um, do you want to do you want to do a hot summary? I'd love to do a hot summary. Um, yeah, the wishing tree. It is in a uh, just kind of in upstate. Not I don't even know about upstate New York. It's just kind of like just outside of New York again. Was it's the, not not New York City. Not New York yeah. City, but you can see New York City. Um, but mm-hmm. it follows Professor Farnsworth, who's an English teacher, no relation to Futurama. He is an English teacher at this uh, private school. I got honestly kind of mixed up with it and. Um, the school from Christmas song. I thought there was going to be, there's not a connection there, but I thought there was going to be a connection there. And it's mm. kind of weird that these were like back to back, but anyway, no, that now that you bring that up, that's yeah, that's it was, weird. it was but weird. Yeah. Ahead. Um, yeah, but yeah, so he is an English teacher there. Uh, he is also friends with Clarissa who is, uh, a dance slash kind of general theater teacher. I think we first meet her and she's going to choreograph something, but she's like a teaching yeah. theater stuff. Um, but he is an English teacher who is very active. He like does like costumes and stuff and takes his students on a walk. They, I, you could tell they wanted him to be like Robin Williams from Dead Poets Society. It's a, it's a Dead Poets moment. Yeah, it's totally it, it a Dead Poets moment. Yeah. But um, he is a, a widow. His wife passed away um, pretty recently on the Christmas time. Um, so dead spouse, ding, ding, ding. And so he, uh, is kind of slowly coming out of his shell and he volunteers to supervise, uh, what are called the, the orphans quote unquote of the school, which are just kids who can't go home, uh, for the holidays, which I, which is like, oh my God. So first off, I wouldn't call if I was the headmaster or what have you of this school, I would not call that program Christmas orphans. No, because none of them are orphans. Not only are none of them orphans, but maybe one year someone could be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of these orphans is... All these orphans have their things that they're working on. All these non-orphans. Um, we've got uh, Andrew. Uh, Trey, you texted me and compared him to the Joker. Um, yeah, and he is a stinker. Total stinker. Um, he is a stinker. Like a textbook definition of stink. We yeah. gotta write a textbook one day. But um, then we also have Albert, who is kind of shy. He doesn't really fit in with the classmates. Um, kind of a he gave me he gave me Josh Peck vibes. In- oh, I can see that. I can really see Josh that. Peck and Ben Platt. I would say a combo of those. Yeah, two. if they remade this movie with like a bigger budget, Ben Platt would have totally It'd played be this Ben kid. Platt and the guy that played. The Hobgoblin in Amazing Spider-Man 2. I don't know what that guy's name oh, is. Oh, yes, as, yes, yes. Do you know what I'm, but you know what I'm talking about. about. Um, yeah. And then there's also Juliet, who is uh, just kind of anxious about her big audition. She's got a great voice, we're told. Um, uh-huh. and she, but she's nervous to sing in front of people. Um, that actress, I need to know. I looked her up. She, she's done three things. Ever. Ever. She did this. She did the she did Bates Motel for a little bit, and then she did a, a TV movie called Forever 16. 
it, uh, here's my question. It Does she... Well, she could be, like, dipping into, like, theater. Like, we don't know. That's like, true. That's, that's my true. thing. This is just IMDb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. But I, thought she was, I thought she was really good. I, th- I thought she did a great job, too. I... So, I texted you when she started, like, singing, and I was like, was it her voice? Do we know that? Did you, was she... T- okay, was I'm it reading, her singing? I'm reading more about her. She is a singer. Okay, I need to... Um, find whoever did like sound editing for does sound editing for hallmark movies and um make them disappear (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) because like what what is going on like like anytime someone sings in these movies it sounds like it's not coming out of their mouths and i think that's an issue right that is that is a problem i definitely agree with that oh she was part of um girl part of grl What's that? Uh, it, it's uh, like a it's like an all girls singing group. Um, oh, gotcha. They did uh, they did some they did some famous songs. She's oh, a part of that. She's though. she's probably definitely in the theater world. Then. Her her I, I would... uh, her first solo record record was called hashtag Free Titties, which is very good. <laughs> that's that's lovely. Um, but yes, she <laughs> her songs her singles are Get Down, Don't Make Me Let You Go, hashtag Free Titties. Hungover, phone off, bigger than you, self care, feels like these hands. So the Hallmark Channel said, "All right, let's take a look at your new album that you just dropped." Congratulations, <laughs> by the way. And then they looked at it and they said, "So uh, unfortunately, we can never hire you." Never. Again. That sounds great. Yeah. I'm gonna go listen to that. Um, but yeah, so then they all have to stay at school. Um, the kind of big plot, the wishing tree of the title is Andrew. He's he gets arrested. He like causes a fit at this. Oh, yeah, thing. he legit gets arrested. Yeah, <laughs> at this thing called the Wishing Tree, which is where it's like a fundraiser thing where people you like donate some money and then you can write a wish on a piece of paper, tie it up on the tree, and it gets it, it's supposed to come true, which it totally does, and I think is one hundred percent actual magic. Um, uh-huh. But he like goes and like throws a hissy fit there, gets arrested, and he gets sentenced to all this community. He's got to do like 20 hours a week of community service and like clean it up. And then uh, because of professor Farnsworth, all of the kids are inspired to help him out. Uh, they all kind of help each other out with their things. So um, they all other professor and Andrew and Albert all help Juliet with her audition. They set up this like whole audition thing, this whole set and, and lights and costumes and everything. And, and um, she sings somewhere from West Side Story. Yeah, she sings it. Which, I think she sings it pretty well, honestly. No, she does a good job. Editing. I was shocked that they got the rights to that song. I because usually if they we hear didn't. some. We <laughs> because I mean usually you get like you get like some hot royalty free Christmas songs yeah. coming out of these movies or like arrangements of them. But they know ju- they got it. Yeah, they, she sings it. She sang somewhere. Totally. Um, but yeah, she uh, she does that. They help her overcome that. Albert uh, really gets involved with uh, volunteer work at the Giving Tree and invents a magic hot chocolate recipe, um, which is just put. He just puts pe- like hot peppers in it, right? He puts uh, cayenne in it or something. Yeah, which is like There's not also- uncommon. I don't feel like that's an uncommon thing. No, but but like if you were to tell me that like I don't know what town this is in, but like 
that would blow people's minds yeah, in, this, that's in fair. whatever yeah, town fair that enough, we're in. Fair yeah, enough. I don't think this town has is, is experienced flavor <laughs> in their life or any town featured in a Hallmark movie. Um, also, there was a subplot with that kid that he was trying to get bakeries to just, like, donate stuff, like, donate their stuff. And I thought that was... Um, More of the movie than that it was needed to be. Fun? Yeah, it was way too... It was too prominent. It, they He went to, like seven shops and it was the same scene like seven times until he got an answer. Yeah. But, but, um, yes, yeah, so they, so they, they do this. They raise a ton of money for the giving tree. Uh, Andrew really, um, I, I think goes through a very convincing arc. Actually. I feel like everyone goes through a really convincing arc in this movie, which I think is yeah, what made it, me feel really good about it was I was like, I believe, I believe all of these, mo- like these big moments of transformation are leading to, you know, your character arc or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I, I 100% agree yeah. with that. Yeah. Um, there's also a subplot with Clarissa really asking out Professor Farnsworth. But again, I, I expected it to be a lot creepier than it was. And they go to this party and she's like, look, I want to go out with you. But if you just want to be friends, I just I still want to be your friend. Very yeah. mature conversations happening Very in mature. this movie. I loved it. Very mature. Loved, and, and he's like, I would love a friend. And she's like, great. Um, yeah. And then there's a whole subplot where um, Andrew's mother shows up um, because she was going to go on a vacation with her, with Andrew's dad, and that's why Andrew had to stay there. But then they break up because he, her, his dad sounds awful. Um, his dad sounds evil. Um, but she comes back. She's like, "My son got arrested. It's Professor Farnsworth fault. Fire him." So all of the kids have a big, excuse me, a big "Oh, Captain, my Captain" moment. They paint this whole sign. They dangle it over the school. The oh my god, ceiling I forgot collapses. Andrew this falls. Okay, this wasn't this wasn't over the school. This was just a random at, building. This was just like an abandoned building nearby the property. They yeah, they they go up to the roof to hang this banner that saves uh like save, save the professor, professor or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as they're just sta- they're just sta- uh, uh the kid, the the stinker and the singer <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my new uh, Hallmark movie. It's called The Stinker and the Singer. Um, they are just having a conversation, and he f- falls through the roof like two stories, lands on his legs. I said, I t- the second that happened, I texted Daniel, and I was like, Daniel, his legs are must be broken. Like yes. it would be a disservice if his legs weren't broken. Um, and then he, he did get up and walk away and he just had a little boo-boo on his head. A little boo-boo. Um, and so did the professor. Yes, the professor the, runs so, in to help him. Uh, <laughs> and he gets clocked by like three two-by-fours. Oh my God, that was um, so funny. But yeah, they get they get out of there. The, t- the mother's like, don't fire him. He's saved my son's life and is clearly an inspiration. And then uh, they go to the big party at the wishing tree. They get recognized by the town and uh, Farnsworth and Clarissa kiss. That's most of the movie. I figured there's a couple of moments we can go back and kind of focus on because I feel like there'll be connections. Um, do you want to talk about yeah. the ghost wife? I Can I talk about two things? Oh, please. So I'll talk, please about, talk about, about that, and then there's something else I would love to talk about. I'm going to... So the, so the introduction, how we find out that... Uh, f- is it... For Farnsworth? Farnsworth. What is it? Literally Professor Farnsworth, Farnsworth from Futurama. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How we find, find out that Farnsworth has a dead spouse is 
through like this weird dream state. He falls asleep while he's writing something and his his wife comes in the door and he's like, I love you so much. And she's like, I love you so much. And then he wakes up and she's gone. It was it was wild. It was crazy. It was a beautiful sequence too, because he like had oh, he had like ink on his tra- oh, it was and he, really good. He, he spilled ink all over his pants, and like they were having this conversation. It was kind of about the ink on his pants. Trey, this and is then a the, good he movie. He woke up, and the ink disappeared. Honestly, like I hate to they, tell you, this is a good movie, Trey. Structure structurally, they did a good job. I would say, um, in terms of like excitement, and also, I think. The one thing that Hallmark movies do wrong, in my opinion, is they always put the kiss at the, like, in the 11th hour at the very end of the movie when the kiss should propel the main character into the third act. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I That's my opinion. I'm sure that'll happen I, at I some think, point. It has to yeah, happen yeah. at some point. I, Daniel, my hopes, I will, my hopes will remain low on that. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, second thing. The teacher, what's the, or the, the theater teacher's name? Clarissa. Clarissa. She and Farnsworth are having a heart to heart. And she is talking. I need to go back on our texts so I, I can have the receipts. <laughs> um, did you know you were pinned? Oh, on my phone? oh, thank you. Oh, you mean like favorited? Yeah, or whatever. You're at the top of my screen. Yes. Yeah. Finally. And you're just you're just a big circle. The main guy smiles like a young Mitch McConnell. Yeah. I did say that. And yes. I'm right. Um acting teacher's pretty good. Okay. So so they're having a heart to heart, right? They're having they're talking, they're just chatting, Farnsworth and Clarissa. Things are going well. They're getting to know each other. He is unsure about whether or not they should be together. She comes out and says this. We get a little backstory. She <laughs> did a chorus line on Broadway. Okay. Yeah. She was on Broadway in the chorus line, which like props. That's a hot ticket. Oh yeah. And she blew out her knee. Okay. Yeah. Which also I, so she said that and I was like, oh man, like shucks. I probably still would be talking about it. And you'd be like, man, that sucks. Like, I And I'd be saying, like, oh, man, that sucks. She blew out her, her knee during a chorus line. She blew out her knee during what I did for love. <laughs> Do you want to explain why that's funny for people who aren't Daniel, in theater? Yeah, 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 yeah. Daniel, what I did for love is the finale of the show, right? I If I'm, if I'm not it's wrong. It's like the let second me, to me last d- song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I did for love is the f- is a very famous song in a chorus line, and not because it's like big, dancey, and crazy. It's because it is like the ballad. It's like the slow part. There's no dancing. No. In this number, and she blew out her knee. She was standing there, and her knee popped. <laughs> I don't. I'm like I must have missed because I've only ever seen the movie. And I was like, I must have missed something because in the movie she absolutely and I like rewatched the clip from the movie. She absolutely just walks up a set of stairs and watches the other dancers dance. Yeah. So here's so I'm trying to think of I'm missing something too, but the summary just confirms that there's no dancing in this song. No, no. Zach Zach asks Zach is like the the 
uh, dance captain or whatever that is leading like the choreography stuff. I don't think he's the director. Zach asks the remaining dancers what they will do when they can no longer dance. I think I'm right on that. No, Paul, right? No, Paul is the guy. Okay. Wrong person to so, ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach asks the remaining dancers what they will do when they can no longer dance. Led by Diana, they reply that whatever happens, they will be free of regret. Yeah. And that freedom of regret that is expressed is in what I did for love. There is no dancing in that song. No. Daniel, I can't, I can't even imagine what you need to be doing to stand still and blow out your knee. I've seen some crazy things. Um, honestly, what I would call spontaneous events happen on stage where it's like, how, whoa, how did that even get there? How did that happen? This one um, boggles me. And by me, uh, I mean you, my mind. It's been it's been boggled. I I just googled. Can you blow out your knee from standing still? Oh, that's a good question. From standing, how about just from standing? I'm going to talk about some other stuff that happened. Um, the main woman who runs the Wishing Tree Foundation had cancer. Came to the town, put her wish up on the tree, cured of her cancer. Magic. Um, yeah. Clarissa has the really good line. You look fetching in coal dust. I like I loved the flirting between her and Farnsworth. It was I think very uh I think authentic. it's it, she's good. Yes, I think she does a she's, really good job. She's very good. Yeah. Uh let's see what else she was in. Um, but go go ahead and continue. She gives a whole monologue about the Alexander method which I didn't need. Um I didn't I didn't <laughs> yeah, need that flashback that. to school. Uh-huh. Um mm. I have um, do you want to talk about anything else? Or can, can I talk about connections really quick? Go ahead and talk about connections. Okay. My biggest one, I think the mom is part of the department of Homeland security. I think she's with the Santa hunting group. Okay. Let me explain my logic. Um, okay. When she rolls up, she looks like she's in the government. This is, this is true. Yeah. Uh, so for, People who did not watch the movie, which is everyone. <laughs> uh, she has like she has a tight haircut. She has she's wearing like aviators. She's in a pantsuit, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, she's de she definitely has uh, pants on. I, I don't know if it's a technical pantsuit, but she has pants on. She has like two or three inch heels going on, and she walks in them fine, no issues at all. Yeah, and she she got this really high sounds... collared red jacket. Yeah, she looks like a spy. She looks like a she spy. She sounds like she is a robot as well. Um, she talks like everything is is one ones and zeros in front of her. But I think there, I think that could be a big reason why she doesn't care for the holiday season is because her job is hunting Santa Claus. And what was most interesting to me, I wonder if you <laughs> clocked this because I clocked the first one and then then I was aware of it. But if I'd missed the first one, I wouldn't have paid attention to it. Throughout the whole movie, they're like everybody who goes to St. Mark's goes on to do great things. St. Mark's is the school. Everyone who does goes on to do great things what if this is like the like what was the program that cody banks was part of the like training program for the cia you're asking the okay wrong whatever whatever the man. hell cody banks was part of the like team okay. cia group what if this is yeah. like a training academy for them and that's why she's so mad that Farnsworth is like teaching his kids to think freely. She's like, no, you're going to leave. You're going to join the military industrial complex and you're going to help us take down Santa Claus. Can I give you my, my zinger? That's a hot theory. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I read ahead a bit. I, I cheated and I looked ahead. So if we want to take this out because it hasn't happened yet, I'm okay with that. The okay. actor who plays 
Albert Nevins. Um, his name is Amatai uh, Amorstein. He appears in another Hallmark movie in 2015. He appears in Debbie Macombert's Dashing Through the Snow. Okay. In which he plays, he plays an FBI agent. Oh my God. And I'm going to say that he is actually a plant for the Department of Homeland Security. Or, or he's just an FBI agent and the FBI is in on Hunting Down Santa too. So our itty bitty nerdy kid. He's so organized. He's organized. He's efficient. He's the perfect Santa hunting machine. All they need to do is crush his Christmas spirit. I can, I can get behind that and we can keep that in and we can look ahead to that. I think it's that, or I think the dead wife is possibly, possibly a Christmas angel, but she does appear to someone in her past life. So she breaks the rules. But I was, I mean, was I the only one getting Christmas angel vibes from her? From the... The wife. When the wife appears, the wife appears to... to Well, I mean... Before he asks Clarissa out at the end. And she's like, I gotta go now. I I think it, it, I mean, I think by our rules, she has to be, you know? She's a, she's... Oh, but but she because she's dead. She's dead, so she has to be. Well, no, but she can't right? be a Christmas angel. Then she would just be a guardian angel, right? Yeah, because she angels, can't come back to life. Yeah, yeah. I think she's just a guardian angel. Also, it's unclear. Well, ha- but why does she leave then? Because she has to go. I don't know. I mean, I, I, wouldn't you freak out if like your if your dead spouse was just hanging out? Fair enough. I think there's also though something we've definitely seen it where the the land between um, the living and the dead is definitely blurred around Christmas time, and I think this could kind of help explain why in Three Wise Women they could bend the rules a bit. It's because at Christmas time the magic is the most powerful, and so they maybe she could appear then, but but she can't appear any other time of the year. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like that. Okay, I, I can subs- I can subscribe to that to that theory. Um. So yeah. So Andrew clearly supposed to grow up to join the Department of Homeland Security to track down Santa, fails, but his friend Albert does succeed. Um. I think what's most interesting about that theory that we would kind of need to reconcile maybe before we even set it in stone is why do they allow Christmas things to happen then? Or is it like, or is it similar? Oh, this is what it is. It's like the Christmas lights thing. It's like the Christmas lights where they're like, look, we know this wishing tree thing is actual Christmas magic. Santa has to appear here. Oh, it's a trap. We're going to put, we're going to put our training academy right on top of it. So when all the parents come to pick up their kids, no, no, no. They're getting hotels in town and they're waiting for the big man to show up so they can grab them. Gotcha. All right. I love it. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm. Anything yes else to you all got of that for wishing tree? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you uh, you you said what I was thinking, but better. I think. Thank you. It's like wishing wishing tree is magic, but why? I've got. But we did that. I've got two questions for you. Two um two segments that I want to start. Okay. We started this a little bit earlier and then kind of dropped it for an episode or two, but I want to bring it back. What is um what is the Billy Joel song that is the theme for this movie? <laughs> For wishing tree. For wishing tree. Damn. 
Dang, man, that's a good question. Home. Home? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'll stay with home. Okay. Home is good. Is it? I think it's Laura. Laura was what I was thinking about for this one. Laura. Kind of a kind of a more obscure hit. It's either that or the French one he sings. Um, oh, what's it called? Um, you were the you were the one from uh, Glass Houses. You were the one. Yeah, that's what I got. I can get behind it. Cool. I, I'll stick with mine. Um, and then this is this is more of a I think uh, like when we have guests on it's something we can ask them. Uh, what's the secret ingredient in your cookies, Trey? The secret ingredient in my cookies. Mm-hmm. That's a really big plot point of this movie. I think it's it's got to be more butter. I put mm. more butter in everything. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's a good just, secret just recipe. Cake, cake that batter with butter. <laughs> you can I, you can never have too much butter. I, I I mean it's not a secret at all. You just put butter in the thing, right? <laughs> you just have. I mean it already calls for it, so it sounds so stupid when I say yeah yeah it's butter. My secret ingredient's butter. It's like that's a secret. It's on the box, <laughs> but the secret is double the amount. The secret is that I crank that bad boy up. Yeah, you you turn butter to eleven. All right, that's a bold decision. I love it. Um, yeah. Do you wanna do you want me to time you and see how fast you can get this summary done for Matchmaker Santa? I could do this in like thirty seconds. Oh, our, that's a bold statement. All right. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get a timer tab. Here we go. I'm not gonna do it in thirty seconds. It's gonna be nope. it's gonna be tight. All right. Are you ready? Yep. Go. So a woman makes a wish at the beginning of a movie that makes is sort of like true love. So she goes away. Then two guys who work together, they work closely together. They split off her. The woman who makes the wish and a CEO of some company, we don't know what they are dating. But the assistant goes with that woman who makes the wish. And it is very clear that they're going to smooch at the end of the movie. Then the CEO stays at home and his high school sweetheart stays at uh his house and it's very clear that they're gonna smooch but how are they how is the ceo and the woman that make the witch how are they gonna get separated we don't know and the answer is christmas santa is on the plane and santa causes the high school sweetheart to stay at the ceo's house santa is on a is uh uh, sabotages everybody to make sure that the people we need to fall in love fall in love and it happens that was exactly one minute Ah, oh, well, I, yeah. Okay, I'll take I that. Would count, I, would call, I would call that pretty good. Yeah, so the uh, the woman in question, this is our first appearance of Lacey Chabert. Hallmark royalty, Lacey Chabert. Let me, hold on, give me one she second. exact same thing in this podcast that I'm listening to. <laughs> the exact same word. Annika's sitting behind <laughs> me listening to, I think, last week's episode. She is Hallmark. She's literally, it's like what they're called. They're Hallmark royalty. <laughs> it's like her and a bunch of That's other so women funny. are like in a bunch of these you're, movies. You're so predictable, Daniel. God it's damn it. It's called Hype Up and Payoff. So she was in not another teen movie. She was in Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. And then she's in every Hallmark movie. Yeah, uh, she's in every Hallmark movie. Uh, she does a lot of superhero stuff and like video games too. 
But yeah, Lacey Chabert is the woman in question. She plays Melanie, who does make a wish when she is a child. She grows up. She's with um, Justin, the CEO of, I shit you not, the most nondescript business ever. Yeah, we don't know what he does. They never say what this business does. He literally it, throws which, this whole party. The whole reason that they get split up is he's like, let's go to my cabin. But it's actually a secret plot for him and all of the board members to all get together so he can share his ideas. They eventually, the high school sweetheart that, that Trey mentioned, comes over because she's the daughter of the vice president because we're going to go into that in a second. And he's like, let me show you this PowerPoint with some of my ideas. And they cut away. And we don't know what this flipping business does. Daniel, can I just say that us not knowing and us having the full liberty to make up whatever this business does is music to my ears. That's why it's brilliant that you're here, Trey, because I saw this as a downside and only you could see this as a positive. And music truth, to my the ears. Most beautiful truth. All right, let's let's leave that for a second here, because this is the most Santa f terrifying Santa ever, correct? Well, it, it's not so much terrifying as it is just creepy. He's creepy and irresponsible <laughs> it, with his powers. The first introduction is yeah. he like comes on the plane, like Trey said. He sits down. It's a three three seat row. He sits on the out on the uh, aisle seat. She's in the window. He like throws all of his shit in the middle seat, and she's like, "Oh, what if someone comes?" He's like, "Oh, don't worry, I don't fixed worry. it." And I wrote down, "I fixed no it." No one's coming. I would be terrified of this man if someone sat down next to you on a plane and you're like oh what if someone sits there like oh they won't i made sure yeah and she get and this woman gets a couple red flags about this man but turns them pretty much all away yeah ignores she, them all so she she gets off the plane she uh is driving to wherever with this assistant she, uh she sees santa again on the side of the road hitchhiking yeah and is like let's pick him up next red don't, flag don't they hang they pretty much hang out the entire movie mm -hmm. um and just throwing out similar red flags throughout the film mm -hmm. there's a mechanic they stop in this town where uh a after santa makes it so the car doesn't work <laughs> anymore after santa, santa breaks goes, their car santa breaks yeah. everything in this movie he literally Either Santa kicks tickles a dude, his nose. He tickles his little nose, which we do know, like, no doubt he's a Santa. That's totally a Santa That's a move. Santa thing. But yeah. he um, he makes the vice president get, um, what is it, Poison Oak. He makes the v VP of the company, Justin's company, yeah. walk into Poison Oak. Gives him Poison Oak so he, so he can't show it's up. It's horrifying. He is so irresponsible so, with his powers. Yeah. And it's very, it's jar, it, it is jarring. Yeah. Am I wrong? No. It's it's a bit jarring. Um, so, yeah. So, well, we meet another mechanic. That's our third mechanic. That's our third mechanic, played by um, John Ratzenberger. Fantastic John Ratzenberger. Did you recognize him? Or did you, more importantly, I, I, did you recognize his voice? Oh, I didn't. Oh, I'm looking at his IMDb, yeah, and now I do. It's Captain, really? It's Captain Pixar, baby. Damn, man. Yeah. That's kind of, that's, that's kind of, uh, yeah, this crazy. guy, yeah, I mean, this... Ham and Toy Story is like the big one. He, he, he does it really well where he doesn't, like, that's clearly his voice, but he definitely, like, cranks it up for Pixar a little bit, which makes yeah, sense. Yeah, he judges. Um, yeah. Yeah, he is the mechanic. We got a mechanic to Union. I got to add them to the website, I think, as their own thing at this point. Like, man, you said he was Captain Pixar. He is 
captain. He's in every one of their movies. Yeah, he get he's, he's like the Stan every... Lee cameo. He's like he's in every movie. But but he's a big role in mm-hmm. like most of these movies or not most of them, but some of them. Damn, that's crazy, dude. Yep. This movie's got a lot of big people in it. This movie, I mean, Florence Henderson from the Brady Bunch is in it. Um, Donovan Scott's been in some big stuff. The guy who plays Santa has been in um, like some of the Police Academy, and um, I think he was in the Popeye movie. It's like a it's a pretty um, star studded cast. Lynn Shay's in it from from all the Insidious movies, um, crushing it. This is a this is a stacked movie, and it's still pretty bad. Um, it's against all odds. Against all odds. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even think we need to talk about all of the. It's pulled it's together. The dude's crap. fault. Da- like Daniel, it's yeah. I don't think we even need to talk about this any further. No. But I do think it's the two men's fault. Yes. Because they're both. I okay. So the guy that she's supposed to end up with, Dean. who she is not with, is is just i don't trust him he just has that face where i'm just like i don't trust you and i think i don't think that is a very good uh descriptor for uh uh, the lead of a hallmark movie yeah um i will also say the plot is problematic yeah why yeah so so can i paint this for you daniel i would love it if you painted it for me can i paint this do you have your brushes do you have your brushes in your easel yeah, I have my brush. So, ima- so imagine All this. Right. So imagine, <laughs> imagine one couple is together. Okay, the the dude is a coworker with someone else. He's an underling. Yeah, yeah, not even a coworker. It feels like his assistant. I don't know. Yeah, like it felt. It feels very chauffeur vibes. Okay, and they are they are close. They're friends. They're friends, except at the very beginning, Dean's like, I'm going to go home for Christmas because I always spend it with my family. And Chris's or um, Justin's like, no, you're going to help me with this party or I'm going to fire you. Yeah, that's and and he's cool with it. And it's played as like a cute moment. And it's really it's horrible. Yeah. It's a bad friendship. So so couple together. The dude of that couple has a co-worker. The girl of that couple is crushing on that coworker. Yeah, not subtly crushing on that coworker. They go away and they get together. The dude the dude of the couple meets up with his high school sweetheart. They get together. Well, she, they meet up I I to his credit, they meet up for business. He didn't know she yeah. was the daughter of the vice president, the vice president who Santa gave poison oak to. <laughs> but so my my thing is like when they meet up at the end of the movie in that town where the snow looks like a, a building nearby exploded and <laughs> the rubble is on the street. The asbestos is pouring. Out. Yeah, the, the asbestos is flowing through the streets into the sewer system. When they meet up, she he the the uh the dude of the couple is like hey i reconnected with my high school girlfriend hope that's okay <laughs> and that's how he Sorry. tells her <laughs> and it, he's walking into that conversation not knowing the end of it yeah which is that she's gonna be fine 
and that's how she t- that's how he tells her and that was really, really jarring bad. and she's like she's like shit's cool it's all right like i was gonna tell you the same thing it that was crazy daniel yes. that was so weird yeah, yeah. oh my god um couple of couple of highlight moments that i had um let's see where to even begin um the manager the the hostess whatever of the bread and b&b that they stay in did you find it interesting that she uh made a joke about jesus directly to santa claus because i think she knows he's santa claus i think she knows more than she's letting on she makes a direct joke about well, the nativity scene only well, to she, him. She call. She says. Uh, so he goes up to when they check in, and he goes room for Chris, and then uh, she goes, "Ah, yes, our Santa." I think meaning that he's I like think, the mall Santa for the town, but bullshit, he's actually Santa. No, I think there is. I, I Daniel, I'm gonna propose something to oh, you. Yes. I'm going to propose <laughs> that this this town. Do we know the town's name? No, I did a lot of research on it. Um, I think it's in Tennessee somewhere, or South Carolina. No, no, think- it's South Carolina. It's South Carolina. I think it's Nazareth. Ex- wait, wait, like. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like Middle East Nazareth? Hey, Trey. I think it's where Jesus. I Trey, think this isn't Jesus what the people was... of Nazareth look like. I, I, I. Well, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But I think this is where Jesus was born. <laughs> I think this is. I think Why? this is where Jesus was born. Why? They are walking into a hotel. Okay. Well, it's Beaufort Falls. Is the town so unless uh, unless Nazareth got a major rebranding campaign <laughs> and also moved, I think almost to the exact opposite side of the world, Buford Falls. There's a whole oh, mystery right. series about it. About like, is it Beaufort? Beaufort. Beaufort. It's B- it's it's Beaufort, but it's the south, so it's Beaufort. Yep, Beaufort, South Carolina. Okay, let me continue. All right. I'm sorry. I don't want to kill your dreams. I want to. Yeah, Jesus was born. This is from the Bible. What I'm about to tell you is straight from the Bible. Jesus was born in the backyard. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus was born in the backyard of of a hotel. Okay. He was born. There weren't enough rooms, and he, so he, so Joseph went to the back. Joseph, uh, what's his name? Claus went to the backyard of That's a hotel. The Got, nope, not from and the Bible. T- and held Mary's hand and said, "It's going to be okay. We're going to go to the backyard, and it's going to be okay." And then she said, "Okay." And then uh, the glow of the it, red This was lobster. at a hotel. This was at a hotel. My point: the innkeeper is immortal. Okay. That's the end of this story. She's immortal. She knows Santa. She works with Santa. She is the innkeeper. You know that part I can of the mythology. Believe. That I I don't think this is Nazareth. That I can believe that this is the innkeeper from 
um oh oh lord from the um nativity scene yes from the from uh the what's it called the bible (laughs) (laughs) what's it it's on the tip of my tongue the bible right the bible Um, yeah that i can believe because she clearly the first thing she does is make a joke about the nativity scene all three of them are standing there santa and melanie and the other dude are all standing there she looks directly at santa says this line winks yeah i think i think the innkeeper is wait i think that's wait yeah okay go ahead trey yeah because we asked about this we were like why do these two people need to get together uh-huh. Are you telling me that no, this is the birth Daniel, of a new Santa no. Claus? No, Daniel, no. Oh, no. You know what? I'm mad. I'm mad that I didn't think of that first. Because that's right know, up my alley. We never know what happens when a, if a Santa can't get a partner. They have yeah. to get another child. That's not why quite, this Santa it, puts them together. Yeah, and it's really not quite explained as to why Santa is doing she this. She makes a wish, but we never see the North Pole. And so maybe that's what it is. It's like, oh, well, a Santa can only be born of true love or something like that. So he's like, yes, someone wished for true love. Finally. Because why would he mark that down? And why is it this specific Santa? Why is it another Santa that we've seen who is more better and more responsible with their superpowers? Also, I didn't know Santa was like... I, I truthfully, I didn't know Santa dealt in this sort of shit. You know, I don't think he deals with wishes. I think he, I think this was his opportunity. I think, cause I think they can hear the wishes of children. They hear like what they want for Christmas. I don't think it's a big stretch to say they can hear all the wishes of Christmas, but he was like, okay, great. She wished for true love. I can make that happen. And once their, once their baby comes of age, that baby can take over for me as Santa Claus. I, I can dig it. Boom. I can dig I it. I got I got one I got two more things I gotta talk about really quickly, but I think that's an awesome okay. connection. So quick. So this quick. This movie is such an admonishment of the militarization of the American police force. <laughs> okay. Um the dude calls the cops because there's a Santa makes a bear appear. Very Shakespearean. Yeah. It makes a bear appear so that uh-huh. they can't drive into town and get Melanie. The dude calls the police. Did you see what the what the what the dispatcher was reading? No, she was reading a magazine called Weapons of Death, and she looks at the other dude working at the sheriff's station. And she's like, "I love this time of year. I love the sales. Horrifying." Oh my god, I, I did. I didn't even see that. I it, blink and you miss it moment. But then, yeah. when he calls back later on, the cop behind her, what's he messing with? Night vision goggles, Trey. <laughs> He's just fiddling around <laughs> with night vision I'm, goggles. I completely Crazy. missed both of these moments. Um, there was also one little connection, I think, to another movie that we might have seen this year. Did you see? happen to see the newspaper paused about an hour ten in? I can't an say. Hour in? I can't say I did. There is a newspaper heading that says, An Easter Surprise at Sea. Who, who do we know who's at sea right now, Trey? That's right. It's the guy from the Love at the Thanksgiving oh, Day no, Parade. Man. I think this is their way of telling us he he found love. Wow, he found man. love. Yeah. Um, also, the angel's been in the family for years. The angel that goes on the top of the tree. Maybe a descendant of Billy Ray. Maybe the daughter. 
from Christmas Comes Home to Canaan. Maybe she left, got to school, got her schooling in, started a, a business. We don't know what the business does. Damn. Well, we'll, fi- we'll down well find out. What, is, what do you think soon. the business does? Um, dang. You know what's, what's interesting about it? I'm adding this to the segment list. What? What the hell does this company do? <laughs> what, is the, what does the company do? You know, what's interesting is like, it's it's not the script nature makes me think that it is not a direct threat to Santa because I feel like if it was a direct threat to Santa, that's what the movie would be about. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling it is some like it's like some weird tech or like toy tech that we haven't uh, seen yet. Awesome. And I think it'll be revealed later. So I'm going to I'll make the blanket toy tech statement. OK. How about you? Um, I think they make prayer candles. Prayer candles, mm-hmm. like the candles like the, that you, like the long and tall ones that they use. Oh, that you hold like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I think they make prayer candles. All right. Yeah. We'll see who's right. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about this week? Um. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I think I that think, covers. I it. think that's a brilliant connection we, you found. We got, got so many connections. We've got. Yeah, we've got more than enough. Uh, that two new Santas will be born Brilliant. in due time. Brilliant, man. I love it. All right. This is a good job. Cool. Yeah. If if you have any theories that you would like to share with us, you can join us at mistletoesecret.com or you can tweet us at at HCUsecret. We do still have or the you requirement can e- that if you send us an email, the first one we will read unedited on the air. We will read the first one on the air. We're filming these so far back in the bucket. I'm fil- we're filming this in 2018, <laughs> uh, so well once that email comes in, we no will, we caught up last we, week. Remember, you're off the boat now. Oh, we you're right. Up. We did we did cut we we did catch up. Nope. Um, so uh, you could also email us at mistletoesecret at gmail uh, Thank you to Colin Robertson Most for the lovely deaf. music. Lovely, lovely, lovely. My name is Trey oh, Blanicki. Sorry, big shout out. Um, we got a. We got 5% of our listeners are in Australia. Shout out to you. Um, Shout out to We appreciate you immensely. Um, we've got, our, we've yeah. got a nice kind of diverse listener base growing. We've got Ireland and Belgium and Vietnam and India and Germany and Japan and Saudi Arabia. Um, got that oh less, percent in, one, less than 1% in New Zealand and the UK. Um, but, you know, major props to you all. Thank you for listening. We love you. Yeah, thank you. We lo- we we love you. We love you. Um, my name is Trey Flanicky. My name is Dana Kunkel. And I'm reminding you to stay jingling. You look stay so jolly. serious. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you look like Churchill. Uh, yeah, stay jingling and stay jolly. Better. Thank I you for listening. I swear to God, you better stay jingling and jolly. <laughs> <laughs>